Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George and I'm joined by my two co-hosts. Liam, hello. And Grant. <laughs> I caught you off guard in a different fashion today, didn't sure, I? Sure, you did. Each episode, one of our hosts or a guest nominates an album they think is flawless and we talk about why we love it or what they love about it and at the end we decide if we agree unanimously if it is indeed flawless. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. We'd love for you to join. Tell us what you think about your favourite albums. Just chat to us, really, about favourite episodes or your least favourite episodes. Mm-hmm. Why, why not Why not incite some hatred? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash flawless friends and family. And we also have a Patreon, because which podcast does not have a Patreon? That's right. You can back us from as little as one Australian dollar a month, and no matter how much you back us for, you'll get access to special bonus episodes and random stuff that we talk about in episodes. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawless AMP. what a mouthful. What a mouthful. (laughs) You know, I used to be an actress and I learned less lines than that. (laughs) Now, today we are blessed with a guest. Well, that rhymes. Nice. Thank you very much. I do like poetry. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little about yourself? Um, My name's Tim. I live in Brisbane. I play guitar and sing in a band called Scream Feeder and I have done for 29 years. Bloody long time. <laughs> and um, I am a human with a life and do stuff apart from that. And I'm a massive music fan. Nice. And that helps. I Fortunate, say yes yeah. to things like this. <laughs> Excellent. Because why not? Good for you. More yeses than noes, eh? I love like to say yes <laughs> to things. Awesome. There you go. Good man. So you, being our guest, get to nominate an album today. Yes. What album have you nominated? Well, because it's meant to be flawless, I had to go right back to practically Day Dot and nominate an album from when I was a kid, which I literally grew up on, and it's The Clash, their album London Calling. Mic drop. Awesome. Mic drop indeed. There you mm. go. So you were saying from when you were a kid. Yeah. So how did you find this album? Um, okay, so I'm pretty old. I've been around the block a few times. Um, when I was a child, I grew up in England and we'd, watch, yes! yeah, we'd, we'd watch Top of the Pops and we'd listen to Radio 1. And there was also kids at school obviously passing around cassettes between each other and things like that, as you did back then. Mm. And so I was onto The Clash pretty early, like in about 77, because like every single kid in the whole of England was pretty much swept up with the whole punk thing. Mm-hmm. The whole um, punk thing. All yeah. Of <laughs> All of it. Thing. Yep. Entirely. It's fair. It's fair. It's a, it's I think a it thing. was. Uh, it's definitely yeah, something to be My siblings in. included, you know. Um, and by the time this, their third album came yes. out, I managed to be an owner of their previous two. Like, and I, my vinyl collection at that point was probably, you know, that high, like an inch of vinyl, like 12 albums, because that's all I could afford. 
But um, I remember hearing some songs on the radio. I remember when London Calling was first on the radio, they said, we got a new song from The Clash, they got a new album, and I heard that. And I think I was drying the dishes with my mum in the kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is unreal. I can't believe it. It's fantastic. Wow. You know? So uh, a friend of mine at school had the album and he taped it for me. So until I could afford my own vinyl copy, I lived on that cassette. Nice. Oh, lovely. Well, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. We love that kind of story because basically half of my stories are I had it as a CDR when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We got it off Napster. Yeah, I got it. Mm. I downloaded it off Soulsy because that's yeah. pretty much everything. So that was, back in the day, we used to get cassettes from each other. Yeah, we sure and we did. And it was like such a legit way of listening to music. Like mm. if you go back and put on those tapes now, they sound a bit shit and a bit hissy and a bit like not great. But back then they sounded fantastic. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it meant that you could access music and mm. it was way less scary and delicate than a vinyl record too. Yeah, and you could like tape stuff off the radio so you'd – Always have your fingers hovering Ready. over play and record at <laughs> oh, all times. Two fingers, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I used to do yeah. that with the top. You were talking about Radio One, like I used yeah. to do that with the um, top forty, like every week. So I used to record the whole thing right. on one cassette, and then I would um, go through that cassette and record just the songs oh, I liked nice. onto another cassette. <laughs> so like the double oh, records, so I just pulled out the ones that's, I liked. Yeah, that's very more hardcore. Everyone else was just like hovering, waiting yeah. to just, just hit record on the songs they liked. Stop no. talking, DJ. No, <laughs> I recorded everything just so I could. I knew exactly where and when to cut, cut cut it, and yeah, and then recorded a bit of silence, and then record. And it doesn't matter. This is really really boring. So <laughs> you found this when you were a kid you were drying the dishes yep. and then you went you have to go and get this you've got already to owned two already well, owned, I already owned it prior to like yeah. so the clash's first album is very straight down the line pretty sort of harsh uh scrappy punk as mm-hmm. you probably know uh the second album give them enough rope they went all big production american they kind of went really rock and it felt like they were trying too hard and it felt a bit contrived to be honest mm-hmm. especially in retrospect and uh, the songwriting on the album wasn't really quite up to standard. Uh, for, for all their albums, honestly, for me especially, it's the album where the songs, there's a few weak spots, which is unusual for The Clash because their songwriting's usually super high. And then on this album, everything changed. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll get it. Double done. album. Yeah. yeah, double Mine's album. Double album. Yeah. Fearless. Right? So the important question is, Grant, had you heard of The Clash? Had you heard this album? Yes, I heard The Clash. No, I hadn't heard the album. Really? You hadn't heard it? No. Had you heard any wow. of the tracks on the album? London Calling, of course. Yeah. And, and actually, I don't know whether there was a repeat wherever I was growing up, but um, the second uh, vinyl, Death or Glory, Coca-Cola, Coca, whatever, Coca-Cola, and um, the card sheet, I've heard lots of times right. before. Lots of time. I was like, I know all this, don't you worry about that. So somewhere way back when, it made it to to Africa. Somebody had it because they weren't weren't single, so you didn't didn't get them Yeah, exactly. I'm listening to this, I'm going, hey, I know. Death and Glory. So 19 songs, three singles. Yeah, and yeah. not yeah. Death of Glory or The nope. Clyde Sheet. And I know those ones, but that was yeah. a, like, yeah. that was a really go. great tune. So, so yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, had, I knew more of them than I first appreciated. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Liam. Hello. Have you heard of The Clash? And have you heard of London Calling? I have heard of The Clash. Uh, this was – I hadn't heard London Calling in full until last year when it was nominated by two young girls from a band called Other Erin – who we did a little mini episode with as part of the Girls Rock Festival. And 
that was one of the ones that I had to listen to because we did 10 albums in one day and we weren't all three of us weren't all going to be experts on the three 10 albums. So that was one of my ones. But that was the first time I listened to it and I probably forgot about it until I had to listen to it again this time. <laughs> well, we had to listen to a lot in a short space of time for the Girls Rock one. We did. That was yeah. quite yeah, it was, chaotic. But it was, it was really yeah, fun. we'll talk more about them Hello. later on. But they yeah. were, yeah, like I knew London Calling and I knew the Clash sound. Um, a friend of mine from high school really fell in love with The Clash when we were all sort of hanging out together around 21, 22. So he'd play some of their stuff for us. But yeah, hadn't really listened to it all the way through before. Awesome. Hmm. Come so, on, George. Thank you. I was waiting, oh, for, Illuminate us. I was waiting for a gentleman <laughs> I, I was about to go to the next step. Sorry, George. The I was just step. thinking about his answer. <laughs> I, thought your, I thought your answer was just assumed. I kind of just assumed your answer. Just assumed that my answer, whether I'd heard of them before. What, you mean some iconic... Some English punk. Iconic <laughs> English punk. Punk, yeah. And I, I was in an iconic English punk band. Um, uh, that's a lie, by the way. So. <laughs> yeah. most, most but of, you said it with confidence and I think it's yeah. One word in, isn't quite as... Yeah, as, uh, maybe iconic in my own way, within my own scene, within my own city um yeah that's fine uh so i have definitely heard it and i believe i had um most of the album on cassette i'm sure it couldn't fit onto one cassette yeah yeah if it's on a like it's a, on a, c90. On a d90 yeah. c90 there you yeah. go yeah, well then it goes for an hour yeah yeah so um yeah but it was, it's an hour but it, that's why i think that i missed some because i, I had like um i i don't remember hearing the last Think anyway, so um, I haven't listened to them on streaming. I haven't listened only just the uh, the hits. Mm -hmm. The hits I've listened to on streaming services and stuff since. But um, they're just one of the iconic bands of the UK punk scene. So of course I've heard them. Yeah, and um, I love it every time someone brings someone English yeah. uh, to the <laughs> to the front. So yeah, there we go. So I've heard them. So Fantastic. so of all their albums you picked London Calling yeah. you're saying that this is where they really stood out their songwriting etc yeah really for cool. sure um, and it is obviously seen universally as one of the iconic albums of the punk scene of the rock scene even on the ska reggae scene um, so this is the one you chose but not based on the critics choice but based on your choice oh for sure like for me I see it as the peak of their career like uh they've released a ton of awesome albums mm -hmm. uh for me this one is just really special because you could feel this massive quantum leap that they took they left all the bullshit of the of the Harping. rock pr production behind they left behind their they left behind their punk roots really because uh the album's not a punk album it's mm -hmm. it's an album by a bunch of pretty accomplished musicians experimental songwriters um and genres are all over the place, you know. So in the first, like, side, you've got rock, you've got something hinting at jazz, you've got rockabilly, you've got sweet sort of pop, you've got everything. And mm -hmm. it's um, it's a great pop album. It's a great – it's got reggae elements, as you said. Mm -hmm. It's got rock in there. It's got real heartfelt soul kind of elements. And the quality of the songwriting is undeniable. And for me, I just caught it. I caught the fever, you know. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And you talk about and that's a, a really big West Indian influence in this album for sure. Like oh, what's West Indian kind of yeah, talk, talks about yeah. the, the Rude Boy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think with a lot of the homage to West, like the reggae kind of music and it's just like I really like hearing that, that it's not done in a appropriating way. Like No, I, I, it, no, that's it's, true. It's done yeah. in a, oh, I know your culture and I'm, I'm – Celebrate your culture yes. with mine, and not, I'm mm. not just stealing it like some people do. Yeah. So that's cool, awesome. So 
Were there any particular... Po- how are we going to go about this? There are 19 there songs. There are 19 songs. We're Too not going to be able to go through so all of them. So, Liam, you've got the stats, usually. I don't I don't have a lot of stats this time. Just that it was released double album, uh, United Kingdom, on 14th of December 1979 by CBS Records, and then in the United States in January 1980 by Epic Records. So and it, it went- was their third album in three years. So that's like the idea that you could produce this after having already done two albums in yeah. two years is... Crazy. And then they went and on the following year to do a triple album. One. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh, oh, yeah. is a triple. Yeah. Right. Nice. <laughs> um, and then Combat Rock and Cut the Crap. So they did six albums in eight years, except one of them was a double and one of them was a triple. Mm. So they did maybe nine albums in eight years. That's it's an a little bit out of control. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Did you buy the other albums? Uh, after a while, yeah. When I was a, when I was you know doing paper round, I could save up my pocket money to, yeah. to do so. Because you know? it went to number nine in the UK, um, it went to number twenty-seven in the US, but it went to number two in which country? Australia, Sweden, Sweden, wow. Sweden, yeah. Sweden, Sweden were onto this. Wow. They were all over it. They were all over the clash. They were yes, with London Calling being the name of the album and also the first single. Mm-hmm. So. Do you know why it's called London Calling? I don't, no. Um, It was after the, so the BBC World Service. Oh, the World Service, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, so on the BBC World Service, which would go out to the world, um, and it had all these different, like, like musical things and stories and this, that, and the other, um, it would always say, hello, this is London Calling. That's right. So that's why they used it because this is the whole story of, like this whole song is that story about the um, different elements of terror, like terrorist things and bad things that happens than the other. And so they called it London Calling in homage to the World Service, like saying, this is, this is them. Which is a really cool fact that yeah, I enjoyed. That's a good one. I really yeah, enjoyed that investigating that. <laughs> yeah. so it's called London Calling. So you heard it. You didn't. You were washing your dishes and you yeah. didn't drop them. No, um, I would have gotten in trouble if I'd done that. Yep. Um, so, and uh, I don't know. Um, I I don't really think at that age I really understood what it was I was responding to, but. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can totally understand that it was the songs themselves, mm. the actual literal melodies and chords and their delivery and their recording. And like for me, like I really love bands who you can really hear the people in the band and they're a bunch of oddballs. Like mm. I really find that about The Who. Like they're this bunch of odd dudes. <laughs> but you can hear all their voices and you can hear that the way they play music is so unique and so amazing. And the same with The Clash, like – they got two lead singers, Joe Strummer and Mick Jones. Mm-hmm. Joe's like the one who's the big famous one and he's kind of like got the gruff kind of semi-singing kind of voice and uh, he's the sort of big figurehead of the band. But the other guy, Mick Jones, is more interesting because he's kind of got this very boyish voice, high register, mm-hmm. and he pronounces his vowels in that very English way. And every time I see him, every, not every time I see him, every time I hear him sing, I just want to give him a cuddle. Like I just, I just <laughs> love the guy so much, you know. Like, and you see him now on YouTube and stuff. There's clips of him, and he's old now. He's you know 65 or whatever he is, and he's this skinny old guy, and he's still got the lovely smile and his big nose and the, sort of like a, an effort at a quiff, you know. And uh, he's playing, and I did. I saw a shot of him playing in a library in London somewhere, oh, and he's doing all the old Clash songs like "Stay Free," and the audience is just like sitting there crying, practically, you know. <laughs> And he's just up there smiling, playing around his guitar. And his voice in this album, like it's a very strong presence. Like he's on probably more than half the songs. And 
his voice cuts straight through and it's uh, so beautiful and honest and I can just hear this human being called Mick Jones, you know, and that's what I love. I can connect so strongly to that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really lovely actually. Because you talked about how it's not, it was not a punk album, but I guess it's it's not punk music instrumentation wise, but definitely the ethos and the lyrics and the stories of the songs are still definitely very punk. So it's like they took that, some yeah. of that stuff, like the, and even um, they brought some of that stuff across. So when we talked to other Aaron, they were like, when we sort of said to them, well, hey, what does punk mean to you? Because, you know, you're two young girls who are coming up. And they were all about, oh, it's not just the sound. It's about, it's about inclusivity and it's about fighting back against people who don't believe in that and it's about fighting back against forces so i think there's probably not as strong as when it was like the really hardcore punk stuff but there's still quite a few songs in there that are that sort of fight the power fight the system i think it's probably yeah i think it's maybe done better if it's more subtle and it's less Mm -hmm. overt like on the first Mm -hmm. album it's already overt like i'm i hate the usa or white riot or whatever it might have been uh so Mm -hmm. like on this album it's more you know perhaps more personal or perhaps more storytelling but you can yeah you're right you can feel that it's coming from a place of um opposition or rebellion somewhat at least and uh questioning that kind of thing Mm. and so challenging for sure yeah challenging and it's coming from people who see themselves as uh, an alternative even though that term didn't barely exist back then you know but yeah so i think uh you're right like it doesn't sound like a punk rock record but it actually is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It is in its, yeah. it's ethos, yeah. I think, for yeah. sure. Like, um, going back over the lyrics again, I was just like, oh, man, this is, there are so many bands that I know now that just, like, have lifted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just yeah. lifted so much of this poetry yeah. and mm. turned, sure. it, turned it into their own stuff now. Mm. But, um, like, we like we talked before about some punk bands you say that on your face just going, you know, just resist do this rah, rah, rah. um and um you've only got a certain audience whereas you've got other like punk bands that use the message to say this isn't right let's unite together and mm, yeah. do it together and well, this just um, like- opening the door to uh, a conversation about your own personal feelings or your own experiences mm-hmm. might be equally liberating to some people as mm-hmm. a listener you know absolutely yeah. so yeah and making as you say it is a poppier sound than the other mm. stuff well, more I accessible guess. and more, uh, yeah. more universal i guess is really what it's about it's awesome and they talk about um their when they he says about london is uh, you know have no fear because london is drowning i live by the river obviously being like the the, the hook um mm. in it um it was i realized um it came out before the thames barrier was built which oh, means right. that they okay. were genuine concerns that should anything happen um half of the population in london would genuinely be wiped out if mm. there was a flood mm. um so it was another three years before the thames barrier was built ah. so it, that was kind of cool and can I guess that it would mostly be uh, the poorer people who would be living by the river? No, the, no, 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 not necessarily. No. Okay. Uh, it depends where, how yeah, far, high up which, or low down on the river you yeah. are. Like um, West Londoners and, uh, well, East Londoners would have been screwed. And, okay. okay oh, uh, like, so, 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 same as Africa. Same as Africa. Yeah. There <laughs> same you go. South Africa. So there you fine. go. Also, at the end, it's got Morse code for mm. SOS. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, which mm. I really like. So I was listening to that and I was just going, I know that. Oh, it must be the only Morse code I know, <laughs> which is lucky. Important. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, uh, and then as well, it starts, so you, you listen to it and it just sounds like 
this is the clash, you, you know. And then there's howling. The, which, yes, his wolf howling. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Thank and you it's for amazing. doing that because like, I really like, didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I did it pretty badly, but, you I, know. I did it in asterisks. Like I did like – oh, and also for the for the listeners, I used um, pink and green uh, pens to write my notes with uh, black as the um, thing because that's the colour scheme of the oh, album fantastic. itself. Oh, fantastic. I love it. Deep on so many levels. <laughs> Too much effort. Um, yes. So yeah, it's uh like really it's like a really well put together song, as you're talking yeah, about. It is, yeah. And then we move into a bit of rockabilly. Kind of is it the, is it that's in the brand yeah. new Cadillac? That's yeah. right, so yeah. It's cover. Yeah. Two songs a, two songs yeah. in and we're going for a that's cover. Gutsy, yeah. gutsy move. That was gutsy. the first song they recorded in yeah. the whole session, apparently. Yeah. because yeah. yeah, that's okay. their song that they used to practice with. That was mm. their rehearsal song. Like um their mm. warm up. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's but you know it's a cover when you listen to it, but surely, like, I didn't actually twig that as a kid, but you know, now I know that, yeah, yeah. Did you see them live? No, I missed them, like, they were. I sort of was growing up like just under the under the radar, like, not under the radar, but the age bracket kind of thing, and I just never saw them. But I saw in 2000 Joe Strummer play in Sydney at the Metro. And his set was ninety percent Clash songs, so I was, like, <laughs> I was actually crying. Give them, <laughs> yeah. Give yeah, what it was they pretty want. amazing. Nice. Yeah, that is great. Yeah. yeah. So that one was originally done by Vince Taylor and his Playboys in nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, it's only twenty years earlier. Yeah, but so, I think they do a cracking. Well, the job. album's forty one years old. I mean, come on. Yeah, forty one years old, really. Seventy nine. Oh, makes Same me feel. Oh, jeez! Some of my best friends are I mean, from 1979. And I would, and I don't like to say it, although I seem to say it pretty regularly. Timeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on. I'll, it's yeah. good stuff, bro. Like stuff. really, really and good album. Question again. Sorry if you don't mind. Go. Migrant, you hear in the land of milk and honey, as I love to mm. refer to it. Did you vinyls and all come over, or um, are they? vinyls back there really. no i was a kid so i moved when i was 16 yep. so i really really had you know probably 20 Just albums and all my cassettes but you brought them with yeah of course yeah yeah so okay so you migrated with your folks okay yeah cool i story. air freighted all of my records when i moved over because i had more than that wow. <laughs> and i decided that the important things were lego and air uh, vinyl records, vinyl records yeah. nice yeah because they were the most expensive things i owned and when you got here was it Guys into the clash as well. Now all you know, you, you find quite quite easily you assimilated and here in Australia. Uh, yeah, oh, so it's hilarious because like, I went from living in London where, yeah. you know, the I'm not sure if you know, but around the 70s and 80s, the kids were super um, like. It was cults, so there was punks, mods, skinheads, teddy oh, boys, all this stuff, and it was very someone. like if you were in that gang and your friend was in that gang you had to sort out a time to talk to them because you didn't want to be seen by the other guys in sure. your gang talking to them. So I came from that uh, and went to a city in North Queensland called Townsville and it's very small, Mag- like 100,000 people. Of it, yeah. so, sorry? Magnetic Island. And- yes, yeah, yeah, that's it. Sure. And uh, so I moved there with my mum, my brother and sister and it was like <laughs> polar opposites. So it's like palm trees and, you know, horses <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> really, really, shit like it. really chilled back then. And so I went to school, uh, high school in Australia, and A, I had really white skin. Yeah. B, I was covered in mozzie bites because, like, mozzies love people who've never been bitten before. Their blood's <laughs> like something different or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And test. also I'd, like, I'd 
been mucking around with a razor on my hair and accidentally shaved a few massive chunks out of it. So I looked like a freak <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and my accent was super strong in London. People couldn't really understand me. So I was just this weirdo at school. Yeah. And it took like quite a few uh, a few weeks to a few months of a few kids reaching out and kind of making contact with me and pulling me towards them. And they were the kids who really were actually quite like me, you know, the sort of slightly left of centre kids. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So yeah, you, you, kinda... just, you ended up finding your little crowd. Yeah, nice. yeah, I found a gang of people to be naughty with, basically. Yay! Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. That's what we all need. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, apart from these two on the podcast, I'm still looking for my gang of people to be naughty with. Right. These guys look pretty uh, up for it. (laughs) (laughs) Liam's just like, I am absolutely absolutely not up for that. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, uh, So uh, I know we're not going song by song, but we really need to highlight the fact that there are certain things in a a song that I like. Uh, So clap claps, woos, Mm. um, harmonicas, you know, there's certain things I really enjoy. So in Jimmy Jazz. Jimmy Jazz, basically, from beginning to end. Jimmy Jazz, yeah. So let's... What do you think? What word do you think I underlined in black in on here? Jazz. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say jazz. Not, not jazz. No, whistling. There was whistling. Because I can't whistle. Um, so not deliberately, just when I've been drinking. So, uh, yeah, um, there's whistling in that one, which is really lovely. Um, and also, um, he is English, but when he says the Z, 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 J A Z Z part. He says Z. He says Z. Yeah, that's said, true. It's yeah. very naughty. Because yeah. I was listening to that, going, "Are you trying to make yeah. do the transatlantic thing?" He probably was. Yeah, because <laughs> it was the, or maybe it was just a, quite annoying to say Z Z Z Z. Yeah, it definitely sounds better saying Z. Yeah. So um, yeah. So he says the he says the wrong one, but um, yeah, that is a jazzy kind of obviously song, uh, uh, and somebody. Uh, ends up dying, I think, so or gets hurt. So it's it's <laughs> a very. It, I was I was thinking this was a cover. I thought this would be like an old honky tonk blues, yeah, it could African American well yeah. deep South cover of like, you know, the local guy around town that everyone knows is Jimmy Jazz, and the cops visit mm-hmm. places where they know he is, and everyone goes, "No, I've never seen Jimmy Jazz," <laughs> even though he was just there like five yep. minutes ago and yep. stuff like that. It felt, which would also explain the double C. Yeah, style thing is like true. I think he's just lifted that. He might have even like lifted it because they toured a lot with like blues artists. So when they did in 1929, when they toured, they toured with like Bo Diddley, Sam and Dave, Lee Dorsey, Screaming Jay Hawkins, and a lot of people like that with like African American blues artists. Awesome. So he might have even just picked up a tale from one of them and sort of translated it across. I reckon that's almost certainly the case. Mm. Yeah, That'd but yeah, it's a bit awesome. of a honky tonk bar piano at the end of it as well. That's oh, really and cool. there's yeah. horns right as the well. Horns in the middle. It's really cool. Horns. Yeah, we. Yeah, it's fun. It's always fun we like that. Um, Tim, so, did you want to tell us some of your favourite songs? Oh, uh, okay. Let's have a look. Tim has brought along some show and tell, which check out our Instagram and our socials and we'll have some so, photos of the things. not this is First time, I think, is it? Um, we had vinyls and... No, somebody else show? brought so, some vinyl. Yeah, he, brought, he, he actually brought his own copy. Uh, when did you finally get your copy? Oh, this is about my third copy. I, like, I, keep, <laughs> okay. I keep buying it and then giving it to people when I'm drunk. Oh, you got to have this happy birthday, dude. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I've got yeah, I don't know. You've gifted it multiple times. Is, this so might amazing. be a, an Australian. <laughs> Hang on, let me have a look. Uh, that's a CBS. That must be an American one, right? English, no, sure. so in, in England it was released by CBS Records okay, and in cool. the US it was released by Epic Records. So if you've got the CBS version, it's oh, the actually it's Epic. One. Sorry, yeah, yeah, it's American. So on the album cover, the last, very last song, Train in Vain, isn't even listed and it's no. kind of yeah. like a bonus track back yes. in the day. I read yeah. that. And this song came on and you just went, holy shit, this one's awesome. Why did they leave yeah. it to last? Yeah. <laughs> 
And Train Remains, uh, you know, beautiful Mick Jones song. The melody's soaring. Mm. The chord progression kicks ass. Uh, it's just, it's, it's kind of the best song on the album, even though I've played the shit out of it so much that <laughs> I'm kind of over it. You know it's, what I mean? Like, uh, it's so fantastic. Third single as well. I've kind of killed it. It was the third single, yeah. yeah. But there's it's some beautiful... Like, it just makes so you... They, they sent it to the... They sent it to the um, printing press before they decided to send it to the vinyl press. Oh, and so right. they only okay. decided yeah. to, to actually add it, uh, like, because they were still recording it. Um, so they had to, yeah, so weirdly, they, the print press would took longer than the that is weird. vinyl. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And the actual vinyl pressing. So it's yeah. pretty cool still. Which like is why they ended great. up, yes, sneakily, yeah. Yeah. yeah, having it at the end. And then, so that's why they released it as a single and people were like, so see, could you have this on the end? There's all conspiracies about it and stuff. And then mm. it's just like, no, it's just we went to the press. Went to it, the Princess first. It's almost yeah. the least punk song on the entire album. Like it's, it's like just a, soul a song, pure love yeah. pop song. It is, yeah. And it's just like, you know what? If you guys want to take the next album and just do a pop album of like 12, 13 just straight up pop songs, do it. Because that yeah. was great. I'm, yeah. re- I'm ready to like ease out of punk. You've, yeah. you've shown me all you can do in punk. Now let's see what you can do with pop stuff. And his voice and his chords and his melodies are just... They're triple A, top yeah. shelf. Like, there's no going past that. Yeah, so good. Cool. Do you want to so know a couple what my more... issue is with it? Sure. Yeah, yeah. That it's been given to me on... Um, more than one, well, two in total, but I made it fan, fan dramatic. Oh, that's double. Two, <laughs> two um, mixtapes have been made for me after I've broken up oh, with a boy no. and this song has been added because mm. this is all oh, about him God getting dumped. <laughs> yeah. This song has been added to the post-breakup. You didn't, you didn't mix- stand by X? Yeah. 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 One of them I got back with and then <laughs> I decided not to after another year. I was like, no, I'm over it. But, you know, it's young. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's on, it was on two. Wow. I don't have my tapes anymore, but it's on two, <laughs> two breakup mixtapes. Yeah. So, um, which is like, but when I was investigating it and I was like, oh, when he wrote it when he was dumped when he was being dumped at Boston recording the album I was just like oh it makes total sense like stand by your man it's just like no but what did you do yeah. <laughs> should yeah. she have stood yeah. by yeah. like maybe why? she yeah maybe, why? why why did she not <laughs> so that was my my. I just put down I was just like mixed hate song <laughs> yeah. which is fair yeah so really yeah cool. so what are the other uh, well the other have? ones really I listened through the album again today and yesterday and there's songs like Lost in a Supermarket, yes. which is this yeah. beautiful one. Cool. Another so Mick Jones song where he's just reminiscing on, uh, it sounds like he's reminiscing about his neighborhood and his mom and stuff like that, maybe. And. Well, apparently so it's, it's an anti capitalist. It's an anti capitalism one, yeah. Yeah, it must be. About I guess losing, it is. losing himself and losing everything. It's like but it going just out sounds so melancholic rather yeah. than, rather than yeah. you know, righteous. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's. A, yeah, I don't think it's. I think he's more sad about the commercialization, yeah. not necessarily yeah. angry about it, because it's yeah. got the line. So it's that idea of like you see stuff plaster around the outside. I was like, these are the things that will make yeah. you happy. And he's like, well, I'm not happy. So I've come here to find the things that make me happy. But it turns out you just want to sell me stuff. Yeah. And I think the line, like maybe in the verse before it or something, is something like, um, I wasn't born so much as I fell out. Nobody seemed to notice me. Mm. Yeah. And so it's like mm. a bit of loss sort of, you know, wow. him to his childhood or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell you a tidbit? Yeah. yeah. The, he wrote the lyrics on an Ernie Ball packet. You all know what that is. A string? Yeah, only ball oh guitar God, strings. Really? He wrote them on, um, yeah, uh, he empty, opened up an only ball string packet to write the lyrics down of that song. Are they big packets? Because that's like, it's not a no, short no, song. It's, no, it's, it's they're small. Tiny. They're quite small, right. but they, it's quite, it's repeated a lot. Yeah. The, mm. Like Lost in the Supermarket. Mm. Um, yeah. It would probably be about 
um, if you opened it up, it would probably be about A5, yeah, I would. reckon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that's, that's as big as it would be. So, right. yeah, yeah, but he wrote it on an only ball packet. They're Can pretty you famous for writing their lyrics at the super last minute. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how like much money that piece that piece of paper or like no. that packet would go for? That's true. Um, but, yeah, yeah, but those, um, I just, like, you're a musician. How dreamy are the guitars in that song in Lost in the Supermarket. Like it's just the guitars, it just sounded like this heavenly kind of melodic, beautiful st- like guitar sound um, that in the 90s so many bands like yeah, replicated. Yeah, right, okay. And Is it sort of almost predated this sh- sort of like Manchester kind of vibe guitar-wise, I think do you reckon? Uh, probably, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't but know. it's just, um, it's that kind of, it sounds like it's being put through like a couple of different pedals to make okay. this like really dreamy, like ah. pop sound that came out with like. Yeah, it's like um, Phaser um, or something, I think. It kind of like the. Yeah, mm, and yeah. it just, and it's just, yeah, it sounds like angelic. And then like with the off offbeat kind of hi hats moments in mm. it as well, that's mm. a really nice thing that makes it, that gave it, I, that got the heart of mm. approval. Yeah, right. On the notes, hard approval. Topper Hedden did the drumming all the way through, and I think probably doesn't get enough credit for being able to master so many different styles of songs. He's he's their secret weapon. Mm. He is the most musical drummer you've ever heard, pretty much. Mm. He's not just like this rhythm keeper. He puts so much personality in every bar, and he gives every song something really unusual and Mm -hmm. appropriate and and great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And all the styles that they've you know, incorporate into their own. So your jazz, your blues and your funk, they're all so heavily drum style. Yeah, like you totally. can't do that yeah. and just play standard 4-4 four, four yeah. straight no. up drumming. Yeah. You've got to be able to do the, the jazz mm. drumming and the reggae drumming. I think he came like from that. like a soul slash uh, like bluesy kind of background. Like he was a bit of a sort of session guy on a few like holiday entertainment circuits or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he'd been around the traps quite a few times and uh, yeah, he knew all those kind of grooves. Grant. Any songs that you wanted to particularly highlight? What gave your double tick? What got your double ticks? My double ticks. George's got hearts and Grant's got double ticks. I've got, um, I mentioned the card cheat Death of Glory in that Mm -hmm. second um, front end of that. Um, Card cheat. Hello, piano. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, I was like, could it be Billy Joel? (laughs) 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 I I bring everything back to Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, then the vocals come in, you're like, oh, no, you're the the clash. You can't get away from it. Um, the, the trumpet on that also sounds different to like it's a military-esque trumpet as well like it's a different style of trumpet playing so a lot of the times you know oh yeah we've got trumpets and a lot of them yeah. they all sound the same on the different and songs it's got the military kind like, of drum beat too yeah but there's like oh no this is like it's trumpets but not like it was trumpets earlier in the album or later in the album it's just like it's its own thing and it's got some lovely lyric well I say lovely It's an interestingly kind of sad and solemn thing about getting it, but then, and he has um, just one like throwaway line of "There's a solitary man crying, hold me." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. It's really uh, super honest and raw, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like you say, they write lyrics at the last minute. And that's because if they wrote it and then they ruminate. That's true. I'm, I'm they go, glad no, I can't they, leave that in. Yeah, I can't yeah. leave that. That's yeah. far too far too bearing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a really lovely one. No, oh, so that got a heart. <laughs> another heart, yeah. Yeah, another okay. heart. So yeah. Um, enjoyed lovers rock as well. Train in vain. We've spoken mm-hmm. of. Um, 
And well, the, the front end, I suppose, speaks for itself, and we've spoken a lot to that as well. So what, what I thought was, I just made a note here, and I'll, I'll bring it up. Um, the right, my handwriting's horrific. The right, the right <laughs> profile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's like my favorite song on the album. Really? Yeah. Wow. I love that song. Okay, interesting. Because I've, I've written here, it sounds like country house blur. Ripped oh, it. yeah. Uh, yeah. You, like, you know what? I wrote sounds like the Libertines because wow. I was like, it's like, it sounds like those sorts of bands from like yeah. the 2000s and 2010s, like those indie, the indie rock bands. Yeah. Like I, if you could put that on and I'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, mm. I, I definitely heard them on XFM. Not a bad thing. Mm. Yeah. That was like, so it's yeah, all yeah. about, like, it's an attack on like celebrity culture. So mm. it's like when the celebrities are doing fine, you're like, hey, tell me about how they're, how awesome they are. And then when they're in crash, when bad things happen to them. You're like, oh, they're bad people, or you know, tell me, tell me what happened in the crash, sort of stuff. So, and it's all based around Montgomery Cliff, who yeah. was like a big, pro, big high-profile guy, but it's like a bit of a stand-in for all celebrities there. Yeah. Like, tell me, tell me all about him. Tell me if he's happy. Tell me if he's sad. I want to know everything about him. And but yeah. we don't want to go near him. But yeah. We don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. We can't treat him like a normal human being. But yeah. just the the tone, I think, of the vocals and everything on that was just like yeah. really, really cool. That's I loved right. I mean, Death or Glory, also, you mentioned that one. Mm. Like, that's a bit of a sort of anthemic kind of one. Such a good song. And the lyrics are just so awesome. Like, every cheap hood strikes a bargain with the world, ends up making payments on a sofa or a girl. You know, pretty much every line's really fantastic. He who funks nuns will later join yeah. the church. Uh, so it's all so about, good. like, yeah, the old, the last generation of rock stars and sort of in, you know, their dreams just, like, they never die before they get old. You know, mm, that yeah. rock and roll ideal just crumbles, you know. Yeah. But that's another one. There's a musical pattern in that that reminded me of um, Something So Strong by Crowded House. Oh, yeah. And I was okay. like, you, I'm sure they didn't even know they were yeah. like, you know, it's a very similar I've pattern. I've lost myself. Where are we? Um, we are Death at... Death of Glory? No. Yes, we are at Death of Glory. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So the music, so there was, yeah, the boom, boom. And they go, Something So Strong. But he goes, Death of Glory. Yeah, boom, true. Boom. And yeah, I was yeah. just like, you just hear these patterns. Yeah. That's because the styles are so different from mm. what they were. You... You don't even necessarily know you're picking this stuff sure, up, yeah, but true. I'm sure it's just like you just yeah. hear it over and over again. And do you know there is a whole like generation of people from 2005 onwards who know this song because Social Distortion covered it, and it was in the um, uh, Dogs uh, Lords of Dogtown. Yeah. Documentary. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Skateboarding. Yeah, the skate movie, mm-hmm. which means that it was on Skate Two and Skate Three right. uh, gaming soundtracks as well. But nice. the Social Distortion cover, and they are a band I have seen live. Right, so okay. there you go. I've seen Social Distortion, but <laughs> I have not seen The Clash, funnily enough. But yeah, that's um, so Death of yeah. But I guess that's how people feel about um skaters too. Mm. <laughs> they they literally want to live fast, die young. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, well, that's what I thought I was going to do, but I just keep getting older and more like more <laughs> still living disabled. Fast, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is fine. Um, I I like the Guns of Brixton. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool yes. song. So it was written. It's the first song that Paul Simon and the bassist ever wrote, and he sung it. Yeah. Um, so it's got a really cool line. So it's just about. It's. A, I mean, this is their standard pop song. I'm not pop song. Punk song. This is like not necessarily punk music, but this is like you can crush us, you can bruise us, and even shoot us. But oh, the guns of Brixton. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the people will rise up. If you, it doesn't mm. matter how badly you oppress us, the people will rise up. Yeah, that's true. But the, sort of, the, the thing that made me love it even more was so it was written and sung by him. They had a CBS executive visiting 
the day that they recorded that song and he dead stared straight into the eyes of the CBS executive when he sung the entire really? song. Really? No. Oh, like, oh, yeah, nice. thanks for the money for the wow. record label. I hate you and I hate everything you stand wow. for. That's cool. We will rise up and fight you back. So, wow. yeah, I thought and that was really cool. You know the opening of that has been sampled by Cypress Hill. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. uh, but more importantly, it got sampled by Fatboy Slim in uh, The Be Good To Me. So oh, it, wow. that was used in that. Yeah. Um, in 1990, it went to number one, was in Top of the Pops. And so the Clash kind of went, hey, Norman, um, you sampled us <laughs> quite quite obviously. Um, and he was like, hands up, didn't expect it to go to number one. I wasn't expecting it to go leave. He didn't expect it to leave like Ibiza, yeah. um, like, they had, like his song. And it ended up going to number one. And they, they came to a real mutual agreement. Like, they, no, no lawyers were like, mm-hmm. I'm a star. They just, I think, is it Strummer on that one? Yeah. 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 So, um, like, yeah, he just got together with Strummer um, and they just had a chat and had organised I had wow. made an arrangement. Um, but yeah, Fatboy Slim was just like, Good. I'm really sorry. I, yeah. just, like, I did not expect him to become this famous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, number one, it's on all wow. the radio stations and everything. And he's just like, I recognize that bass line. Mm. The funniest go. thing is when you see a video of him playing live and because um, Joe and Paul swap instruments on that one and Paul's yeah. pretty tall and he wears his bass really low. Right. And so the Joe's standing there with his bass that he can barely reach. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> down on his knees and he's trying to play and Paul's playing the guitar and yeah. it's pretty high. <laughs> do you know why they do that? Because um, he couldn't play the bass and sing at the same time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, right. yeah, so they <laughs> nice. had to swap yeah. instruments yeah. just for that one. Yeah, just that one time they had to yeah. swap just because wow. he can't do it at the same time. <laughs> and it's hard to play bass and like and it keep actually the is, beat. Yeah, because I'm is. a bassist and and it's, I, I much prefer playing guitar and singing because yeah, I can do the, do them at the same tempo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not playing different notes. You can sing the same notes sometimes. So yeah. speaking of, did you think? Do you think that the classes impacted or influenced your songwriting as a, as like a music? Mm, hard to say but i guess the fact that i've listened to their songs so much they're mm. kind of part of me and i yeah that'll probably come out at some yeah. point you know like just in subtle ways yeah mm. so yes probably yeah. yeah cool that's important yeah mm. <laughs> um so revolution rock is the mm. longest track on the album it is at five minutes 37 also, also a cover I was at a cover as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I that one know. originally by Danny Ray and the Revolutionaries. Wow, which Gave makes sense because I didn't know that, but that makes sense when I was like, when I was like, the lyrics sounds almost like patois sometimes. So mm. it's just got that kind of like sound, um, and I was like, why is he writing like that? Um, but so how many covers then? Just the two. Just two. Just yeah. those yeah. two. Second song and the second last yeah. one. Yeah. What turned out to be the second last yes. one. Oh <laughs> uh, no, sorry, three. Wrong and Boyo is also oh, a yeah, cover. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is too. Yeah. Originally performed by the Rulers. But Revolution Rock is like reggae, reggae. Yeah, like that's, yeah, reggae, that's reggae just full on time. reggae. Look at, look yeah. at what we can do. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, Would have been a great closer with, on the album. Um, yeah, but with really good p- percussion as well. Yeah. Like horns, bass, super fun percussion. That's, mm. it's like, um, have you ever been to, did you ever go to any of like the Notting Hill carnivals or anything like uh, that? Once, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it, that Revolution Rock sounds to me like yeah. going to a Notting Hill carnival, like the West Indian carnival. There's plenty of songs on the next album, Sound and Easter, which actually have recordings from those carnivals awesome. as part of the oh, actual cool. songs, yeah. I used to work oh, okay. with a lot of West Indian women when I was back in the UK and um, 
so I they used to have pirate radio stations mm. and stuff like back in that this is awesome um yeah and it was like I used to listen to pirate radio stations right. with them where they had all these like West Indian guys playing mm. stuff and they tune it in like to our little like like FM radio back in the houses that I worked in when I was a nurse and it was really cool wow. so I got to listen to this whole subculture yeah. that I that as like a little white girl I had no idea like existed so like to that to that extent yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really cool mm. so that's beautiful so speaking of reggae then Rudy Can't Fail yeah. the last track on the first side mm. of the first one is so good but it's like it's it's another one I was listening to going this has to be a cover but it wasn't they wrote it it's themselves. so classic it's isn't all, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very and it's all about that time like it's got the horns and the interplay there with the guitar licks and the there's a line there Like, right yeah, it's all about like you should go out and get a job, but he's like, I can't, I can't go and just yeah. get, a, get a job and be part of the cog, yeah. cog in the wheel, which is kind of their that was their punk thing too. Like That's there was true. a lot of stuff on them about, hey, you tell me to just go and get a job, but I yeah. don't, I can't do they it. They got a few songs about it. that actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they celebrate the rude boys of Jamaica. Yeah, they just celebrate that whole culture a lot yeah. and stuff. And they're not the only ones. There's other like other people in this genre who all celebrated rude boys. Mm. It's awesome. Um, can we uh, discuss? The next track, though, yep. side B opens with Spanish bombs. Mm-hmm. So you've got romantic surfy guitars, and then you've got this really like hybrid lyric about uh, terrorism. Lyrics, mm. uh, but it's yeah. about a cross between like this, the British invasion of Spain now, um, of going to like all your Mallorca and all that kind of stuff, and mm. like going over, going it's in a great now, but remember the civil wars and remember like the Spanish civil wars and stuff and mm. like where were you then like you didn't want to go then so it's like just about hypocrisy between the two um so they had lyrics like um with trenches full of poets or um I'm hearing music for another time um and my senorita's role was ripped up was nipped in the bud and stuff and it's just most oh senorita's rose was nipped in the bud and it's just like little snippets of that are just really like beautiful um and there he sings in spanish but he does it he Mm. does it a little bit wrong um but (laughs) it's fine apparently when it was written in the liner like he spelled the words a little bit wrong but i think we'll forgive him because you didn't have google translate (laughs) back in there but it stands for so he he says spanish bonds I want you forever. I want you, oh my heart. Wow. So that's what he's like, just saying, this is what we're going for. Mm. Which I, I thought was like, yeah, again, it's bittersweet. The whole thing is really bittersweet. Yeah. They've got but a lot of songs where they look back in the history and like, yeah. it's pretty unusual. There's a song on Sandinista called um, Something About England, which is all about the troops coming home from the First World War and mm. the problems they had you know re readjusting to society back then Mm. and that's like you don't really hear about that in much pop music you know it's true um but it's it's a pop song it's like a pop it's it's a pop rock song with a sing-along chorus that is about the history of war between england and spain yeah like it's just so yeah they hide it not hide it but they they merge those two things so well in a way that probably shouldn't work but it works really well lovers rock so this is like that. I love Lovers Rock. So, <laughs> it's so good. So pretty. Yeah. Um, and it's got, uh, it's just like a smooth pop rocky song. Um, and it's all about like oh. uh, 
birth control and being careful. Yeah, there's not a social, there's 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 message pregnant. in there as well. Because yeah. mm. then he says, go. everybody knows it's a crying shame, but nobody knows the poor baby's That's name. That's right, yeah. So everyone just tut-tuts at the woman afterwards, but then never actually goes and goes, hey, how are we going to make your life better? Yeah. And how yeah. can we support you? But then at the halfway mark, when it gets rocky, yeah. there's football whistles. There's yeah. piano, piano and there's woes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we got three for three. There we go. We really enjoy it. All I the love boxes. Just when people add like a little thing and it works, mm. you know, like a howl or something yeah. like that. It lifts the, lifts the vibe Yeah. Up. And yeah. it's not just going, oh, we've got our instruments and this is what we're confined to, but going, you know, we're, we're looking outside of genres, we're looking outside of standard instruments, stuff. I enjoy bands who do that. A lot of the and Clash's greatest well. moments are like in the last 30 seconds of songs where they just cut loose, especially lyrically, uh, and they just start blathering. Mick and, Mick and yeah. <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe will come out with just random stuff and it's often you go what are they talking about but it's often really interesting they do that on the end of revolution rock they're like we're, we're available for weddings and parties right. or anything yeah 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 <laughs> come and, and they're like playing on the bongos and one says you know where the bongo spectacular or stuff it's just like very random mm. awesome okay so we're getting to the end mm. of the podcast guys so we've all had a go of uh, mm-hmm. uh, like and covered all the songs we need to cover as many as we could. As many yeah. as we could. Out of <laughs> we, could we can do like a double episode on this one. Yeah. Right, but. I know. It's like we did Donna Summer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so uh, it's time for your final pitch to us. Okay, my final pitch is that this is an album filled with spectacularly executed music, really insightfully, beautifully written songs, uh, no boundary on style, no boundary on creativity. Um, and the magic just really, really happened in that month of December 1979, and I think it's flawless. Awesome. Fantastic. I'm glad you do that because sometimes people don't. So, uh, Grant, (laughs) would you like to go next, my lovely? Sure. Where can one begin at the start? I would say it's iconic for mine, and and I feel like I've missed out. This is one I'll I'll listen to again start to finish. Um, easy peasy you know I, I like the fact that as we referenced before in previous podcasts vinyl so it's like a four piece mm-hmm. you've got the ritual yeah. we love that we love referring to the ritual and in a 41 year old album that i put on and i go i just feel happy and i, I appreciate <laughs> it's a little bit anarchic and oh, if that's a word mm-hmm. um but i am um, i really really enjoyed it and it it's i suppose i felt like this is speaking to whilst it's a bygone era, it still has relevance today, and um, I couldn't fault it. So I'm going to say flawless. Thank you very much, sir. Nice. Um, really, really great experience to listen to it. And I, um, you know, we've as we've heard in previous podcasts, I'll sit outside oftentimes with my wife, and I was like, "Damn, have you heard the Clash?" And she's <laughs> like. <laughs> and I said, I bet you have. <laughs> and I didn't even do. I said, London calling. She didn't reference it, but then I played the you know the ones that I've referred to earlier, yeah. and she's like, Yeah, no, I know this. I'm like, your shit, you know it. Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> this is good stuff. So, so great experience. Thank you, oh, Tim. Thank you. And um, I was happily say flawless. Thank you. Oh, look wow. at you go. There you go, Mr. Liam. Hello. It's your turn. It is my turn. So, I've talked all about the songs that I really loved. Um, we've talked on the ap- album episodes. I'll start again. We've talked on the podcast before about the longer the album and the more songs it has, the Pressure. less likely it'll be to get flaws because yeah. there's Pressure. more little mistakes, chances of mistakes. So is it 19 you said? 19 yes. So I'm looking at 19. So I'm, I see it. I was like 19 songs. I was like, all right, let's you know, we'll, struggle. We'll get through this. <laughs> I, you know, It's pretty unlikely. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to it. 
And I'm going to wait for that song that it's like, this is filler. You yeah. could have cut this. These yeah. are a couple of songs that could have filler. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, first side, first album. Yep, that's really great. Second side, first album. Like, yep, this is still really strong. Third side, it's like, yep, no, this is all fine. This is really great. Every song here has its place and has its own story to tell. And then got through to the end and I was just like, yeah, no, there's no there's no song here that you would cut. So it does only go for an hour and nine minutes. I think if it went for like an hour 20, like if some of these songs were any longer, you would be like, no, that's, you know, it's too long. But I think it doesn't matter that it's 19 songs. The only thing I wasn't super big on was that Revolution Rock feels like it should be the last song on the album. And they even play yeah. it out like, hey, hire us for weddings, parties, anything. And then there's another song afterwards, True. which has actually tripped us up before for myself as well. But it's train, me up before. train in vain is so good that I don't care. Yeah, that's like, right. It's just, exactly. like, I just wanted it. It's that, a better closer. It's just there. Yeah. It would have been a better album if it was in the middle of the album. But even as it is, I would still say it's flawless. All the songs all right. are so smart. Yeah. They're so yes, smart sir. about everything that they do. All the lyrics, all the positioning <laughs> is like really. Yeah. Grant's getting excited because I, I, I don't do flawless very often. <laughs> right. okay. I'm a right. hard sell. Yeah. So, yeah. True. Hardest sell. But for this, Hardest. I was just. Astonished that you could have 19 songs and still be a flawless album, but yeah. I'm with Grant. You would just listen to it on a loop and go back and keep going, and it was great. So, what about you, George? From me. Yes. What you got, oh George? Now that the precipice, that's pressure, isn't it? Yes, because it is. I've been listening. <laughs> Lots to, of pressure. I've been listening to English punk and ska and reggae and everything for quite a long time, so there's Thank a lot you. to think about and there's a lot to compare it to. So, as I said, I have a difficult relationship. With Train of Vain. Yeah. You did say that. Yes, I have a difficult relationship with that song. Um, however, I have a very warm relationship with the rest of the album because it's, it is an iconic album. I can see why it's in the top 500 of all time, top 100 of all time, blah, 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 and Rolling Stone all the time. And it always comes up there. And I can see why it's referenced by so many people. And I can also see how it's influenced so many terrible bands afterwards too. <laughs> and I'm just talking about the scar of the early 2000s. Yes. Like I think they okay. unfortunately unlocked Pandora's Beast when it came to introducing <laughs> horns. Um, but I listened to it back then and there we go. So um, the question is, can I put aside my emotional feelings for Train in Vain? And the answer is, of course I can. Yes. <laughs> because being on a difficult to listen to mixtape from an awkward boy does not make it a bad song. It makes it questionable but it does not make it a bad song it makes it a song that boys love and connect to as all three of you did so of course this is a flawless album yes so, nice yes here we boys. go all three of us again right? that's it so <laughs> there haven't been many now no it's like we need the more guests we have then the more flawless we get because mm-hmm. apparently when it's just the three of us we really hate each other yeah. <laughs> well, what's the count now may i ask the count of 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 a guest plus a guest plus three three that's flawless. Only the, that's only the second time. There you go. Second yeah. time. Out of there seventy. Wow. Out of, of yeah, 71, 71, 70 something episodes. Yeah. We haven't had always three plus one, mm. but you're yeah. the second being the first one being Andrew. Andrew Stafford. Who there we go. Brought air. Moon Moon yeah, that's a good mouth. Oh, so, wow. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. they're basically the yeah. same thing. Basically, very narrow style. Yeah, I know, but I brought you English folk three times and you yeah, flawless okay. me. Okay, just read the outro. Just well, it's, it's the outro. Okay, thank you very much, thank Tim. You. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's been a thank pleasure. You, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are so cool. Uh, flawless AMP on all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our post, give us a rating. Every little bit helps to 
find more music lovers like you guys. As mentioned, we now have Patreon at patreon.com slash flawlessampp. If you'd like to back us and get extra content, check us out. Thanks again for listening and you'll hear us next time. Away.